I mean, most high, yeah, well, it's a little bit of a longer song, but I got to give people some chance to say hello and good morning and, and how are you in the uh, chat room and beyond. And I guess this is now uploading to Twitter and SoundCloud, which is, uh, uh, come turn that down out there. Okay, so uh, my, my computer, it's funny. My phone was just locked on the scripture, and I, I guess I'm just going to read it to you. It was just, I opened up my uh, Bible app, and here's what it said. The first angel sounded, and there followed hail and fire, mangled with blood, mingled with blood. And they were cast upon the earth, and a third of the trees were burnt up, and all the green grass was burnt up. And the second angel sounded, and as it were, a great mountain burning with fire was cast into the sea. And a third part of the sea became blood. And the third part of the creatures, which were in the sea and had life, died. And a third part of the ships were destroyed. And the third angel sounded, and there was a great star, uh, fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon a third part of the rivers and upon the fountains of waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died because of the waters, because they were made bitter, i.e. poison. And the fourth angel sounded, and the third part of the sun was smitten, and the third part of the moon, and the fountains of waters, and the name of the star is called wormwood. I'm sorry, um, uh, what did I just change? And the third part of the stars. So as the third part of them was darkened, and the day shone not for a third part of it, and the night likewise, and I beheld and heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven, saying with a loud voice, Whoa, 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 to the inhabitants of the earth by reason of the other voices of the trumpet of the three angels, which are yet to sound. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven unto the earth. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit. And there arose a smoke out of the pit and a smoke out of the great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth. And unto them was given power, as scorpions are given power on the earth to have power. And it was commanded of them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And to them it was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented for five months. And their torment was as the torment of a scorpion when he striketh a man. And in those days shall men seek death, and they shall not find it. And they shall desire to die, and shall, uh, death, but death shall flee from them, and the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. And on their heads were, as it were, crowns like gold. And their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women. And their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates, uh, as it were, breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were stings 
in their tails, and their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon, but in the Greek tongue, his name is Apollyon. One woe is past, and behold, there come two woes hereafter. And the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels. Sorry. <laughs> I lost my place because that <laughs> loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, and they were, and they were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. Remember, they've already been slain, and they were slain with wormwood, and they were slain as the ships on the sea, because those are men, right? And a third of the sea, and now a third of men, the, the remaining men. So that's getting up to two-thirds now, okay? And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, and I heard the number of them. And thus I saw the horses uh, in the vision, and them that sat on them, having breastplates of fire and of hyacinth and brimstone, and the heads were as horses were as the heads of lions, and out of their mouths issued fire and smoke and brimstone. By these three was a third part of the men a third by these three, a third part of the men were killed by the fire, by the smoke, and by the brimstone which issued out of their mouths. For their power is in their mouth and is in their tails. For their tails were like unto serpents, and had heads, and with them they and, and with them they do hurt. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils, and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see, nor hear, nor nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries nor of their fornication, and nor of their thefts. Period. <laughs> I have an app that, um, it's big print, so it scrolls sideways. And sometimes, I, you know, they give you like one or two verses, then you got to scroll to your right. I'm not used to that, so I kind of tripped up there a couple of times. But you see the, uh, the, uh, the magnitude of uh, wrath of God, right? And you see the incredible arrogance of man that's left, even after, you know, so, but people have asked me these questions. I mean, it's so funny. We wound up on that chapter just like I turned on my app and there it was. But here's the thing. People have been asking and they've been... Uh, thinking that people, you know, after a certain point would wake up and repent. Would wake up and repent. And uh, I'm here to tell you they won't. According to scripture here, the people will not wake up and repent. Will not. Even after World War III, I mean, all that was describing like nuclear bombs and 
right? To kill a third of the men, you're talking probably nukes, right? Airplanes, drones that deliver the nukes, the mouth and the tail, um, things like that. So, and, and here we have um, saying that out of the mouth, in other words, the, the, the mouth, you know, a bomb door opening can be a mouth, right? Dropping bombs on cities and things. So even after killing another third, and, and this, again, after, and I've proven this before with, with just arithmetic, that, um, you know, we're dealing with about a 90% kill rate of the Earth to 91%. That's what's described. If you add it up cumulatively, you will get a number like that. Now, some people say, no, you can't do that. You have to take the average. That's fine. Okay, so two-thirds versus... Um, almost 90%. But the point is, it's an awful lot of death and an awful lot of destruction and horror. Especially when people are looking for suicide and they can't find it. They would rather commit suicide, folks. They would rather commit suicide than repent. Can you imagine? Even with an overwhelming show of force at that level, even with that overwhelming show of force at that level, an overwhelming wrath at that level, at that point, they not only don't want to repent, even though they're looking for death, even though they're probably committing suicide, they're finding some way out. Still, even in death, they'd rather die than repent. Okay? So there's your first answer. All right? Your first answer. Will they wake up in time? No, they won't, folks. And for those of you with this false hope, don't, don't, don't indulge it. It's only going to make you sadder in the long run. And so don't, don't, don't bother with that. Uh, the other thing is, um, well, you can imagine what kind of people the, there would have to be now. Let's get into the news. I saw, um, you know, Celebtardville out there. The Celebtards still have, you know, they're, they're Satan's minions, so they're very, very happy to be out in front and in the public eye. A one Charlize Theron, a, a great actress, and here she is, though, you know, threatening people if they threaten the LGBTQ thing. It's becoming like there's a war there. There is no war there. But, you see, she was one of the ones that influenced her young toddler child, I believe he was, a, to transition, right? So now it's anything you disagree with, I'll punch you out type of thing. So she's pledging violence. And, and I'm not going to talk about her. There's not a gossip section. I'm not, you know, you can multiply her by every actress in Hollywood pretty much because if they're not on the same page as Charlize Theron, then they just won't work. I mean, they're becoming so disgusting. It'll be like... You'd sell out for that just to be like, have your face in the magazines and to be up there. You would, you know, destroy your children. And the answer is, the, the thing I've always gotten from her and from others is that those kids, you know, are going to be very unhappy and commit suicide, but they could possibly become suicidal. Let's put it that way. You know, and just they're no different from my daughter, you know, and they were abused, right, forced into this thing. And here's the awful thing. Even if that were to happen, they would just blame Trump. They would blame MAGA. They would blame white, uh, you know, 
superiorities, superioricists, what do you call them? White supremacists. They would blame white supremacists for all of it and, and, uh, and never take responsibility, even if their children die. It's awful. It's wrong. It's terrible. It's beyond terrible. But you see, once you've committed that first sin, i.e. harming your children, in the eyes of God, you're guilty of, 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 of a death sentence. So they will never repent because they, no, no. Yeah, Doc, get out. Come on, get out of there. Get over there. He's not, you know, he doesn't quite know what to do when I'm here doing this. So, no, they won't repent because, see, once you cross that first line of, you know, do not harm children, that would otherwise come to me, Jesus said in Matthew 18, 6. Once it seems that is some kind of an edict, that's some kind of a line. Some kind of unforgivable sin, her harming children. And forcing children to transition or, or you know, um, you know, uh, forcing them to, uh, uh, you know, uh, join a cult. It's really what it is, which is Antichrist, which is against Jesus. That's the cult of LGBTQ, unfortunately, because, I mean, I... Used to know quite a few gay guys that were, you know, uh, were, were struggling with their faith, but they were to- totally sold out to Jesus, and they were just trying to, you know, figure out how to go about that, you know, being gay and being and wanting the Lord at the same time. And the answer probably is like, you know, I guess Paul would be your answer because he was in that same position. All right, so you've got a great leader there that could show the way, but you know. He was willing to take the persecution. He was willing to go celibate. He was willing to take the, the cause of uh, Jesus to every town he could to spread it as far and wide. He was willing to suffer the persecution that he, he that he himself admitted to, um, you know, wielding on unsuspecting Christians that he would kill them, have them slain, and um, he had owned up to his Roman past, and in fact had a letter to the Romans as one of the first letters. And where he specifically said, you know, uh, to to stop the, uh, the, 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 you know, this is where people say the Bible hate speech. And he's saying to the Romans, you know, quit, uh, quit going that way. You know, that's not the way. And uh, offered himself as, a, as an example of, you know, though I'm a sinner and blah, 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 you know, I crucify the flesh. And, you know, and to, to him, that would mean, I mean, this is a guy that was, had every privilege there was. Uh, the common, you know, now just let's, I'm sorry to point this out, but in the Roman decadence and debauchery, um, if you, you know, there was a film that, I don't even know how it got made, but Bob Guccione made it, who was the, the editor and owner of Penthouse magazine, Caliglia. And in it, it had the tortures and the, the public human sacrifices as well as orgies. And they got Hollywood actors to participate in basically a porn film, including a Malcolm McDowell, and he had uh, Peter O'Toole. I don't know who had various people in it. But the problem is uh, with it is you did see that the, the worst thing was like they would fill some some guy up with, you know, with wine and whatever and just stuff, you know, stuff him and then cut his bowels out, you know, with a sword and just and watch him explode. 
And I, I'm just saying that's, you know, right? And, and um, uh, you know, abusive children and all the other stuff. It was very common in Roman society for, you know, at that point, for, you know, the grown men to have households and sons and daughters and a wife and to still have, you know, their romances with, uh, you know, 10-year-old boys or whatever. And that was that was a thing. That was, that was a romantic thing of which a lot of literature was written describing those romances. So you can see those. Um, so I guess, you know, it all... Not that it always comes down to sex, but it really comes down to witchcraft and sorcery, um, which, okay, so when you go to, the, to, to Satan's side, you know, there's an emphasis on sex, anything but normal coital sex, you know, and, and, and it's all promoted, especially pedophilia. And along with that comes human sacrifice and, uh, you know, murder, especially in ritual form. And then, you know, torture and murder. And then further than that, then comes the, you know, cannibalism. And, you know, and, and further than that becomes betrayal of state, uh, the betrayal of your own people, the betrayal of the king against the people and, and all the minions, um, you know, to... to uh, to go ahead and murder anybody that disagrees with them. And their what they agree with changes every week. And it changes from this is acceptable that until finally they want to take it all out of the closet and say, This is all what we do. Do you accept it? And most and normal, you know, sort of, you know, moral, decent human being, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That those basic morals would say, no, it's not acceptable to kill children. It's not, right? It's not acceptable now we're mutilating them. And, of course, it will be revealed soon that uh, all the children in the world, what do we do with them all? And, you know, probably people do know about the trafficking of children to various uh, places, including, you know, uh, adrenochrome farms and things like that. And it's just a disgusting reality of our world that's always been there, but we haven't bothered to really look at it. And uh, and of course, the public would would you know disagree, but there would also be the wrath of God that would come in. And some people say, "Well, is God going to answer?" Well, God's going to answer with what I just read. That's how He's going to answer. So that's coming. And people go, "Oh, if there's a nuclear war, no." You see God directing possibly Russian nukes in that imagery. You see how God can use the forces of the earth against each other to exact that very same thing. Now, some of the bigger things, like you know the the the, the you know the the earth, uh, the uh, sky on fire, and you know three days of darkness, and all of those things, uh, you know the poisoning of you know wormwood, all that. I can easily see. The bad guy is poisoning, not just confiscating the farms, but poisoning them all so nobody can eat anything. So people are looking for suicide and looking for death, but they still don't want to separate. They still believe, even at that point, which is further on than where we are now, at that point, they're still going to believe in the system. They're still going to believe that those are good people that wouldn't hurt them. They're still going to believe that this is the right way. 
that, you know, I guess today it, 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 in political terms it would be, well, I can't say it because you see there's two games that are played. One, there's liberalism, but two, there's republicanism, hypocrisy, which actually makes them worse than the liberals in a sense because they act so pious. You know, and then they are the biggest, the biggest uh, customers for when, like, Barney Frank was running the, the boy prostitutes out of the... Uh, he never got in trouble for that. And that was underage all over the place. And um, it was the Republicans that were the biggest uh, customers. So, I mean, that's, that's a you know, really... You know, so you know, so we, we should just say politicians in general because both sides have sold out to the beast. Okay, so you can't rely on them, right? Jurisprudence you can't rely on because the judges are all paid for. They're letting, you know, the jails go, just like I predicted in the book Lamb. They're letting the actual jails go. Opening them up and letting them go. <laughs> and they're running the streets now. They're running Portland and Seattle and, you know, right? I have to come down to crime bosses. Pretty soon it'll be like warlords, Right. And so we have this terrible situation for an average human being where you're losing everything you've got. And, you know, you're wondering now, you know, just like, you know, I wonder on something, you know, am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Well, if you make it, you're in for some real hell. Maybe it's better that you die now if you're older, you know, than, and get it over with then face what's coming because what's coming is that as it also says elsewhere in scripture you know men will faint uh, from fear they they just can't the the level of magnitude of the death and carnage to come is so much greater than anything we've ever seen it would be completely overwhelming to even consider it but yet it's written in plain black and white easy to understand imagery in the book of Revelation, it's, it's very clear what, you know, what God intends to do and how many are going to die and how many will be stolen from and how many of the ships can't fish anymore and how many, right? The, can't you see them going, we can't have them eat the protein, we need them to eat the bugs so we go kill all the ships so they can't fish. <laughs> right? Am I Right? Kill the fishing industry, right? If you can't get all the ships, poison the waters, right? Wormwood, right? Right, 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 right? And then, anyway, I believe we have had an answer here today. The Zeph report, I told you, I would, I would, I would, you know, and, and how does God love you? Well, it's my belief that somehow God is going to separate his own children from this mess, I don't know if I would call it a great tribulation rapture or something like, you know, I wouldn't even use that term. I'm not sure how or, you know, what the mechanism would be, whatever, but I'm, you know, I know this, that I, I get awfully frustrated when I don't get my way with God. But then I always, at the end of the day, put myself in a check because I know that, you know, that in the long run, when I look back on it, I see all the interventions God has done to save me and to, to help me, and to nurture me, and to bring me along, and to, you know, God doesn't provide success. I have to work for any kind of success, and I have to work really hard, sometimes harder than the average person, just because of, you know, the lamb thing, which you all know. And um, 
then that's not unf- that's not fair. But it's it is the reality we're in because you're dealing with the same people. You're dealing with the people who have the de- decision power to say yes or no to you, uh, who are basically cancel culture. That if you even appear to be like MAGA oriented, that's it. You're canceled forever and a day. And in fact, you should be rounded up and thrown in prison along with the J6ers, which is unfair. But we see this thing metastasizing into this great thuggery, into this great, like, like all of, of law enforcement is now criminal. All of the judiciary is criminal. Merrick Garland is, is, a, is a mob boss and a criminal. And they, they are saying publicly that they just want to round up anyone that disagrees. Now it's, now it's down to any, not white supremacists, but anyone who disagrees with us, no matter what color your skin, what, what, if you disagree, now I guess with us, meaning LGBTQ plus 2S plus actually plus P, if you disagree with our policy toward children, you should be rounded up and put in a concentration camp. And so they're doing it this way, but they're springing it on you. The same thing as Red Dawn, only there's no Red Dawn. There's Red Dawn, but there's no Wolverines. There's nobody that's going to fight them. I keep saying to Trish, well, who's going to fight? I'll go fight and die. I'm not afraid to die, you know, for, 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 for the cause of liberty. I mean, that's very basic. Cause of free speech is very basic. So where do we meet up? Where do we? You mean no one's going to fight them? A Zeph Daniel prediction. I predict nobody fights in America. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't understand what I said. Trish is taking issue with this. I mean, no one's going to f- pick up arms and fight. Pick up arms. Okay, I'll put it this way. I predict nobody will pick up arms and fight. I'm not talking about some of you crazy people and live in the woods and you know, you've been preparing for this all your lives and you just can't wait to get it on. <laughs> I mean... And I, I respect you, believe me. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the general public. And I don't believe they will. I believe they are too far gone. And I, I believe what Scripture says about people. And I believe they will actually not repent. Even if they saw two-thirds of Americans die in a nuclear strike, they would still rather die than repent. But that, I'm just going off the Bible, man. You know, it's good to return to the Bible every once in a while, even if you know it. Like as I've been reading it since uh, since I took I took, well took a lot of classes when I was um, you know out of the uh, joint. I was coming back to uh, civilization. I was you know going to the college to take classes to to educate you know to you know. I had a kind of a later start in life because of uh, being delayed. Uh, you know, for a long time. So I had to go do it myself, you know. So I'd, what I'd do is I'd go to, like, take a New Testament class or take an Old Testament class or take a, a Greek or, a, or a, a, you know, a, a class in a Greek translation of Scripture or things like that. And, um, you know, a class on, uh, you know, Roman mythology, a class on Greek mythology, a class on... Uh, uh, you know, world mythology, a class on uh, Vedic mythology, a class on, uh, you know, you know, in the Vedas, you've got the Mahabharata, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads, you've got all these epic kind of tales. And, um, and then on and on, and, you know, with all the 
you know, all there is to digest out there. I tried to get my hands on whatever I could in terms of, you know, religion and mythology and, you know, ritual and uh, sacred space and things like that. And I, my conclusion, you know, to the whole matter is that, you know, you know, humans do have a basic, you know, religious, spiritual component. And if that component is not fed or whatever, if that component becomes, you know, perverted or atrophied, then you're not dealing, and here comes my next prediction. You're not dealing with human anymore because human is a spiritual being. Human knows that. At the earliest stages, you know, they'll get the sacred tree out there. They'll give you the sacred pine cone as a reward for being a good, you know, like, like an Indian brave. You know, if they go to, remember what to summer camp, everyone was like Indian, like you were Chippewa or you were this or that. And, and yeah, it was pejorative because no one was a Native American. But, um, you know, and then, then they give you a sacred pine cone. And if you're really good, you get a silver pine cone. And, it, and all they do is spray painted silver. It's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, but, oh, it had a lot of power. But then if you're really beyond good, there's one given to every camper every year, which was called, a, uh, the, I think, the Golden Pine Cone. I may be wrong on that, but I'm just you know, going back to a, to a memory. But, you know, so the, the pine cones became sacred. The meetings of the, inner pe- of the pine cone people formed a new society. In my research on, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the Keith family line, Keith, I came across a very interesting character by the name of, uh, by the name of John Webb Keith. I can't, I'm not going to say too much about this research that's going on, but I'm, I've employed a researcher uh, to help me and um, settled on this, uh, this story and at one point during this process, I was told that I'm the, uh, I don't know of how many others, but I'm a direct descendant of this, this guy who was in a special society, you know, in California, and invited to join. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm just thinking that over. I, I, you know, the idea being that I could get more information because what I'm doing is gathering as much as I can about the 49ers and the, the very exciting um, gold rush in our history and how he, my ancestor, played a huge part in the founding of San, San Francisco. This is something I didn't expect to find. And not only that, but also the gold rush itself, mining itself, and some other schemes and ways of making money and sort of this guy's kind of a swashbuckler crazy guy he sailed around the horn in those days that's Tierra del Fuego what's Tierra del Fuego it's the southernmost tip it's the horn around Chile South America you've got to, to come up to Mexico or the United States you've got to go around that well that's very treacherous and he managed to do that while bringing lumber to San Francisco that he was using to build the first houses there. And then he 
he went overboard or something. He got law. They had to rescue him because the boat was just like going up against, you know, 30 and 40 foot waves up and down and all around and maelstroms and everything else and had to get around that horn. See, that was the difficulty. You couldn't just bring out uh, lumber and covered wagons and plus the covered wagons that were coming out there. This is more exciting stuff. But, you know, he had also crossed the Great Divide, the, uh, the Great Divide, I believe that path goes through the... If I'm not... I could be wrong on this. I, I should wait and look at it further. But it was uh, very interesting about how you had his life kind of, um, you know, paralleling other. There's, you know, there was uh, William Keith, the artist from, uh, who was famous in his own life uh, from Berkeley... And then this guy, who was a wild man, you know, John, a total wild man. He was friends with a guy named Lucky Baldwin, who was into horse racing and owned a lot of land in Southern California and um, was at one point the richest landowner in, in the world, or one of them. But with everything Lucky Baldwin, things would come and go in his life, you know. And and did he get that honestly, or was he a grifter? You know, so there's this... There's that, and uh, I imagine the kind of men that uh, these guys were, you know, and so that, so you can see there's an exciting story there, right? Very exciting. And the kind of men these were, I believe, were the kind where you look at them the wrong way in a bar, they're in a fight. They're going to throw down that whiskey, and they're, they're going to fight. And, you know, they, uh, I think John managed to have several children, which became more of the... I don't know if anyone else from that line, I'm going to find out, uh, you know, uh, you know what else happened, you know, further in the future, but I'm, I like this period of time that I'm concentrating on, which is uh, the, the 49ers. Now, what's a 49er? A 49er is a, is a guy coming west for the gold, but when they came west, you know, the trains only ran to what, like Oklahoma City, Kansas City? No. I understand. Kansas City, Oklahoma City, and, uh, you know, then they'd have to take the covered wagon. And, you know, and yes, there were obviously hostile natives that, you know, would be looking for a scalp, and they had no real protection in that way except their own wits and their own guns and stuff and they were they were trying to get to the coast they were trying to get to the mountains of the the, the sierras they were trying to get out out west where the gold was so the the gold rush in 49 attracted people people that felt hopeless people that had no hope people that had lost interest in boston i think john webb keith came from uh he came from, from boston from Boston to San Francisco. Uh, Ben's, he can't handle, remember Molly, you guys? Molly did the same thing. Waits patiently for me to sit here and then goes nuts. But I mean, Ben's feeling better today. I, I, I'm, I'm glad. So they wanted to leave. This is fascinating to me. They wanted to leave their towns. Boston is an old town. The immigrants from Scotland came to Boston 
Then somehow they get they settled out in San Francisco, particularly in Berkeley. So that's very interesting to me that that whole thing that that you know that braving the wilds, you know, the wild west, uh, you know, and, and uncertain circumstances, get going around the horn to get lumber up to to build a house in San Francisco. I mean, wild. What was so uncomfortable on the East Coast that they had to just get away by in droves? Well, there weren't enough opportunities for the people there. So they got them interested in going west to search for gold, even though most people knew there was no gold out there, no more than anywhere else. But it was a way to get them up and away. You know, what are you going to do with all these people? They're coming over to, to the United States. What are you going to do to them? There's not enough opportunity in Boston. There's not enough opportunity in New York. There just isn't enough jobs. So they've, they're unhappy. They, they don't feel they can really have the life of their dreams what made them come over and become immigrants in the first place. So they're pushing out west for the opportunity of a new life. And they became the settlers. And they became, uh, you know, you talk about secret societies. Well, they do have this, this pioneer club thing which you can't join unless you're a direct descendant, and that has to be before 1849. <laughs> In other words, your ancestor was uh, before 1849. Because the cutoff is, right, 1850, where that, that's the, uh, the, the year of the gold rush, right? The 49ers, 1850. Uh, so what kind of... I'm just interested in these. What kind of man was this? Like, what kind of what 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 what, you know, what would happen to this guy? You know, and, and that's so. I'm I'm going to keep you know pursuing, and I keep learning a little bit more. Uh, every week, I seem to get something. Like right now, I'm going after the uh, the death certificate, and uh, usually on a death certificate, you learn an awful lot about a person. You know what I mean? There's extra things written there, and there's usually an epitaph, and there's some, there's you know some other information, other you know spouse, you know children, uh, what happened to them in this whole roiling history. But you know, the main thing that comes through at 1850, people were very very unhappy, very very unhappy, folks. And they were willing to risk everything and leave everything behind and risk their lives to cross that wild west where there's no guarantee. And, you know, I'm, you, you say what you will. I know they have the whole, you know, Native American thing and how evil the white people were and, you know, and, and all this stuff. And, and, and now they're having their, you know, their power over, you know, the movies. Oh, oh, Disney. The other thing I want to talk about, Disney. Disney um, is doubling down on, um, you know, child sex. So it's, uh, you know, the very thing that has driven many of us to commit suicide or try to uh, is being promoted now with the idea that if anyone tries to commit suicide, it is to blame Trump or Trump supporters. Welcome to hell. Is there anyone who doesn't believe this is hell? Because this is so hell. This is so much hell. It's, it's actually, you know, what we're experiencing now, to me, is actually worse than the hell that I've read about. 
worse than Dante's hell, worse than um, you know the antediluvian hell where Jesus visited and got them to go with him. You know, uh, it, it's uh, it's you know an absence of half of reality. You, know, you, you disagree with anything we tell you, and you know you go now, soon. You go to the concentration camp. They're saying that Rex eighty four is now unleashed and it's now operational. So that means that any undesirable uh, gets, for whatever reason, they don't need you, you know just you you just uh, have the wrong skin color, whatever. Uh, you're off to the. Uh, to the races and the the you know the entertainer just the uh, the actors the uh, singers the <laughs> the genius dancers and all these people that think they're so cool and so with it and you know they're all you know oh no I've been you know they're competing with each other I've been non-binary since the beginning day I was born. Are you kidding? I I'm in transition every which way. I'm a I'm a uh, you know I I don't you know I'm not anything traditional, but I'm definitely you know you guys saying I'm definitely a full lesbian and I'm gay. <laughs> and I, there's no spectrum, and my pronouns are he, them, us, it, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And you know so that's where all that sexual energy is going into this sort of. You know, quit oppressing us, Trump supporters. We just want to love. And love means, you know, like that that man, that 45-year-old man that was playing a, uh, uh, he was friends with a girl in another family, and she was six, and he wanted to play an eight-year-old. And so he would play with her, and the parents would put up with it. But then we find out that the father slips in there and, uh, you know, slips his tube stake into the guy's ass. You know, like every night. <laughs> that is, is that what he does to the other daughter? And if that's the case, then isn't that what this is about? Is, it, is this what this is about? You know, and if you say yes to that, then you go, then you start thinking about the Lord. You start thinking about righteousness. You start thinking about peace. It's like, no, there is no peace. As long as they're hurting children like this, God will respond. And how will he respond? by letting them do it even more. This is God's response, folks. And as you can see from the book of Revelation, he intends to uh, open up the floodgates of bombings and, and poisonings and ruining the environment and rounding people up unfairly because they won't worship the beast. If you worship the beast, that means if you worship the Antichrist, it means you will worship the the and the... And the the gold standard of the Antichrist is LGBTQ. And you have never heard them ever do anything but agree with Satanists. You don't hear them agreeing with any church or anyone except for sometimes a female pastor in a Presbyterian church somewhere that goes really liberal and they have the gay marriages going on and they conform to LGBTQ. Those are, that, that's, that's fine. But that's not church. That's not Bible. That's not Jesus. That's paganism. You know, parading around in a church with, you know, and they even made a thing. I used to do humor about 
big fat lesbians. You remember that? That's just because there were so many that were in that category. And I, I did a little joke about it. I wasn't meaning any harm to anybody and hurt anyone's feelings. It was just, uh, you know, that big fat lesbian were, were torturing us in the classroom and, you know, and they're making us, uh, they're trying to sexualize everybody, <laughs> you know. And if you, and if you didn't want that sort of thing, you got, you got, you know, beaten up with a ruler. So, you know, I mean, I don't remember that section. Maybe Frankie remembers it where I had this, this video of big fat lesbians and all the boys keep their eye on some girl and they're all, you know, they're all going at it with their sex, with their organs, you know, over, the lesbians were like the, uh, the enforcers, right? And they're all witches. <laughs> so, you know, and so now though, you know, now that's, that, that humor would be very ghost, it would be unacceptable. But now what's happening is you're literally seeing you, you know, you're literally seeing um, this phenomenon of, 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 of obesity being flaunted as style that if you don't agree with it, then you're somehow a white supremacist or something. And so it's not just the Dylan Mulvaney's now or the Charlize Theron's threatening to beat the, the daylights out of you if you disagree with... Uh, uh, anything LGBTQ says, you're, 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 she's going to beat you. She did not say, if you disagree with me, she said LGBTQ, to be quite specific. And don't you dare try to let her off the hook. That is how they, that, because she's embodying what they all think. If you disagree with us in any way, you need to be, you know, not just, it's the same as the Jacobins in the French Revolution. You need to be guillotined. You need to be killed in the public square. You need to be dead. You need to be tortured. You need to be put in a concentration camp. If, you're, if you do anything or say anything, it's off with your head. And that's, the, believe me, they can get to that level. Next prediction coming right up. No, no, this was not a prediction. That's just what's going on today. I'm making the prediction. They are now what I call internally feral. They will become feral. They will become, all of them together, brute beasts. That means there's no, right, the zombies, okay? Zombie. That is prone to violence with no remorse for no reason other than zombie. Prone to violence, and I believe that Charlize Theron is already a you know a potential um, candidate for a feral person because there's no rhyme or reason. It's just you do any, you look me the wrong way, I kill you. You know, it's gotten down. Oh, let's just call it okay, animalistic tendencies. But we're not we're we're heading toward feral, which is just you know many of them already are feral. But I predict they all go. That means instead of hearing you say, I don't like it when LGBTQ makes me look at a, okay, if, if you have a problem with a tranny story hour telling these stories to kids while flaunting their genitals or whatever, which we hear more and more is going on, okay, because that's 
It's basically a copy of the ritual that we were in as kids called playtime. It's the same thing. You know, they're trying to normalize it all. But if you disagree with it in any way, shape, or form, you need to be prosecuted, put on a list, prosecuted, made a second-class citizen. Well, Farrell would be the next step where it doesn't matter what you say about it anymore. We just want you, you know, you're, you're over 50 years old. You have to die. You're, you're white. You have to die. So that's where Farrell is. And, and a lot of these professors are already Farrell. They're right, calling for the extermination of white people. After that, it'll be the extermination of brown people or black people or whatever. It's always the extermination of somebody uh, that proves that they have lost the argument that they've lost their humanity, that they've gone feral, but they also just become brute beasts, meaning they don't have anything to say but kill, 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 kill. Kill, 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 kill. That's all they, that's all, that's all they talk about all day long, kill, kill, kill. No, they don't say concentration camp. That's too expensive. Just shoot them. And that's where they're at. So Charlie's Theron is in that spirit of look at me the wrong way, on, and, you know, again... Call me out on what I did to my kid, and I'll kill you. You know, in her case, probably I'll use every legal means to hurt you real bad. I will kill you, at least socially, but that's not what I mean. When I say feral, I mean they don't, no longer will they wait to have you say something that you don't agree with. They will just kill you first and ask questions later. That's feral. That's zombie. Zo- that's that's what zombie is. There's no rhyme or reason. They just they just, you know, you're the target. You got to be killed. It doesn't matter what you say. You can say I love LGBTQ every day of your life, and I love that you know, LGBTQ became what I told you it would become. It became a political organization, basically of globalism. You know, with it in, with with being supported by the UN and by the the rich white shriveled people of the earth, the George Soros, the Klaus Schwab's, the Nazis, the real guys connected to the German Illuminati and to the entire uh, secret German sort of thing through Hitler and the World War II and Antarctica and, you know, the, all the secrets of the aliens and all this other stuff. So that's them, okay? That's them, the rulers of the earth. And they're in, they're in cahoots with all these other beings and things and, you know, what their goal is is to, you know, destroy humanity, and destroy the idea of humanity and themselves become the singularity, which will never happen. <laughs> never happen! And there will be no new world order because this is what we have today is not order. And any, anything that they can even think of will not be order because God will not bless it because God will not promote people that hurt children. That simple. But if you tell Charlize Theron she hurt a child, she hurt her children. She's coming after you. you know, she's not interested in talking, maybe not even a lawsuit. Maybe she just wants to challenge you to a, some sort of boxing match. You do anything. And w- w- the way she said it, it's like, I pledge myself to society, which is determined by LGBTQ. Anyone, anywhere who is in disagreement should be killed where they stand. And I will give my entire life as a policeman to making sure that happens. So that's that's where we're headed. And uh, the P is already on LGBTQ, so we, I predicted that a long time ago. 
long time ago that it had nothing to do with sex. It had everything to do with political power, but now it has everything to do with the white men who rule the world. <laughs> How ironic, huh? How ironic. They serve whiteness. They bow down to whiteness. They take their money from, they get paid a check from whiteness. It's all whiteness. <laughs> and they get paid to say, if you see whitey, kill him. So racism, child abuse, LGBTQ, left-wing politics, globalism, Satanism, child sacrifice, human sacrifice, war sacrifice, Feeding the beast, giving everything to the beast, everything that can be mustered as a war against what? Yahweh! A war against God. A war against God for no reason other than common sense, you know. Because they want the kids. They want to do the abomination of desolation. And they want it to be okay. And anyone who disagrees with any of their abominations must therefore be killed. But then you see feral. Feral is when the minions, you're seeing it on TikTok. People are getting killed right and left in shopping malls now. For no good reason. It's not just black on black like it used to be. It's, it's uh, all kinds of people just, just uh, shooting each other in the mall and at, and, at, uh, and at gas stations. Ben is now climbing on me because he's just determined to... to... He's like Molly. Molly was trying to stop me, wasn't she? Wasn't Molly trying to stop me from talking? Yes, yeah, she was because she'd only bark. When I would sit here now, Ben's is, does a little differently. He's like, he's trying to tempt me with a rope if I'll play tug of war with him. He's so cute. I call him Doc. He's trying to take care of me too, though. You know, with my uh, various uh, infirmities. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's trying to help me. And uh, believe me, uh, no, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I thought I'd say just a word about, you know, I've, I've got to get, you know, checked out, get some medical attention, things like that. But, uh, you know, if there's something to worry about, I wouldn't say worry about anything with me. I've already beaten all the odds. I don't care. I, I, I'm going to have to be, you know, tough, though, at this point. You know, it's... Uh, you know, I guess it's like the old adage. You know, I watched Eli, and he did so well. He went right up to the end before he got that uh, deadly pneumonia. You know, to, before he he wasn't getting enough oxygen to his heart. And he would he was the day before he was up on his hill. The, you know, he was still you know he was taking bends around, showing him the ropes, and uh, you know he was just had the fullest life of any of any being dog or human, that I've ever known. He had the, you know, and everyone liked him. Everybody liked Eli. Yeah, well, he'll be, I mean, you know, Molly was best, 
terribly missed. But I mean, you know, you have to be tough. And, you know, if you're going to love people or animals or things, you got to be tough because, you know, they come into your life and then they go. You, you know, it's but, but, you know, better to have loved and, and, and lost than uh, to never have loved at all. If, if, seriously, I mean, if you don't let yourself love people and care about people, you know, that's, that's a lot of the experience and, and, uh, being human. And then, you know, if you just shield yourself from all, everything, you still have to face your own death. And you're, but before you die, I can tell you this is what happens to people. You, you have infirmities and they have to be dealt with. You know, you have to find a way. But when you look at doctors, like most doctors have a, like a, a Google rating of like two, you know, and if, you know, the, the, this doctor killed my, this doctor killed my father. They should be skinned a lot. You know, they're just blaming the doctors for the deaths of their loved ones. And so you try not to see a guy like that. You know what I'm saying? You, you try to avoid hospitals that, that don't give a shit whether you live or die, which is most of them. So you have to be careful. But at the same time, allopathic medicine is not the answer. You know, it could be a help, but the real answer is going to be not, not what they call a holistic approach, but a spiritual approach, a led-by-God approach. You know, you know what I mean? You can't... Like, I was researching uh, the use of... Uh, was I researching the use of uh, uh, citric acid? Okay, and I have one book, the old book I have by Colonel Joe. Remember Colonel Joe? Some of you old timers, some of you old timers like me, an old timer, you know, old timer. Okay, hello, Colonel Joe. Remember Colonel Joe? And he uh, he thought that citric acid was the great killer of humanity; that that was the cause of all cancer. I mean, that was the, the worst cause. They also had free-range calcium and some other things, but it was you know, mainly citric acid. So I, went, I decided to do a deep dive on citric acid and also on lemons, right, and, and citrus, since that's citric acid. And I'm looking and I'm you know, seeing it's good preservative, but I'm also seeing how it's been helpful in the treatment of bowel, bowel cancer and bowel anomalies, uh, by preventing cancers from from occurring, that is, you know, lemon juice and you know citric acid in general being used to treat. Uh, and so I'm just like, so here we have um, diverging opinions on everything. I look at uh, high fiber food versus low fiber food. If you have uh, any kind of blockage, any kind of thing, you know, going on, and uh, so. Some will tell you to bulk up on fiber as a way of, you know, you know treating the, the, your, your, your intestines nicely and all that. Others tell you to go low fiber, so to keep a waste moving through and not backing up. Okay, so you got, you've got that. You know, these are very, you know, messages. You hear about uh, PPO blockers, like if you have acid reflux or something, you've been taking a... Um, uh, uh, not PPO, but a uh, uh, a uh, uh, reflux inhibitor type of drug, you know, like Prilosec or one of these kind of things. 
you read that, you know, a lot of these people have bone problems down the road. You know, you have these side effects. You, you, you look at, uh, you know, you look at steroids for, uh, for um, taking down inflammation. And some will tell you, well, it'll work there in the short run, but as soon as you quit taking the, you know, prednisone or whatever you're taking, uh, you, you know, it'll come back. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, and, and, and then, of course, everything to do with the uh, um, bowels, innards, guts, those things, people don't, they don't know. They, there really is no cure. And that's why you have this proliferation of all these holistic people with their herbs and spices and, you know, colon this and, you know, free radical that and all this stuff. You know, you're saying they can treat your your body, but they don't know. I, one thing I have learned, and this is one thing they need to learn, you know, the, the upper GI and lower GI in people are, you know, God doesn't differentiate between the two. You know, it's all innards, right? And then you have your external, uh, you know, body. And they don't, they can't treat something like, you know, say irritable bowel syndrome because they don't know, they don't have a cure. And they'll, they admit, they say, there is no cure. Well, then why would someone spend all this money and time going to doctors? Because they don't know what else to do. The doctor will put them on all kinds of drugs to try to make life easy for them. But drugs just leads to more complications. So, anyway, it's just it's just give you an example of you know, how how messed up people can be, and um, the state of modern medicine today is. Or, or then you know, when in doubt, just go ahead and and do surgery and just start cutting. Maybe you'll get the jackpot, and that's. You know, unfortunately, what we're dealing with, on the other hand, there's a great disappointment in holistic healers because you do whatever, you try a million different supplements and nothing works. Nothing works, nothing gives you relief, nothing is going to really, you know, get you to where you used to be. And then you look at yourself and you go, well, I'm 15 years older than where I used to be. What, what? Well, maybe I shouldn't expect that. Then we see a guy like Chuck Norris. He appears on TV. He's 85 years old, Chuck. And he he doesn't look, he's real skinny right now, but he's talking about, you know, treating the whole gut, you know, he's got some formula. And, uh, you know, so we don't know. So whenever there's, you know, people have medical challenges, you can't just go by what the doctor said. The doctor's not necessarily the expert. And you can't go what, what the holistic healer says or the spiritual healer, the prophetic healer, all these different healers. But having said all of that, why would people with, discrepan- with discrepancies, i.e. citric acid is the worst thing that ever was for cancer, and then, you know, uh, and then citric acid saves people from cancer, okay, so let's take those two things. How do the people on either side of that argument both get healed and have remission? How is that possible? It's possible because of God. That's why it's possible. So when we cut God out of the equation, we have no medicine. 
You know, not hypocrisies. Let the let the cure be. Let the food be the cure. That it's not the food that cures. It's the faith. It's the spirit. It's the, it's God that heals. And well, I'm not getting any better. So does God hate me? Not necessarily. That answered the sense. I, I, we were out for a long time. That, uh, nothing is satisfactory when it comes to medicine. Nothing really works. It's always, always going to be. It's always going to be the spirit that heals. Sorry to say that, doctors, but you guys administer your treatment, some of them in opposition with each other, but both get healed and both believe in the Lord and both expect the healing that God will help them. Both have faith. So what's the common denominator? The opposite treatments or the unified faith that healed these men or women? I rest my case. Thank you, Your Honor. I'll go. I, I just won, right? What did I win? <laughs> what did I win? What did I win? Benz, what did I win? We call him Doc because. What did I win? Uh.
FBA number one. about it here we're coming into the end i thought i'd play one of the classics i'm kind of getting my studio back you know there and i have a a bus i was gonna wrap up for this uh texas frightmare thing that we're doing at the end of may and i i never got it wrapped up i just I got busy with my battles here and i've just so it's sitting in there waiting for me to do something with <laughs> One good thing is timeless. It's not, you know, you work on it, put your own little signature on it, do your thing. But uh, it's, uh, you know, for another day. I just don't have patience for it right now. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, all right. So those of you who are still hanging out and realize I didn't leave, uh, the girl next novel, the novelization, which... I've been told by a couple of people they want to make a movie out of this. And so we already have Girl Next, but they go, but this fills in so much. It's got, you know, and yeah, it's, it's it, you know, it's really nice, really nice printing, nice trade paperback, uh, uh, really hideous art, but well, well done. Um, with a forward by the master of horror, Tony Timpone, who's, uh, a good friend, and he's got a show on, uh, I think it's AMC, called Masters of Horror with Eli Roth. I, I just, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. You know, I'm just, I, I don't know if I'm really a horror guy. I really don't know what I am. You know, I just sort of found my way into that genre. But anyway, it's Girl Next. I've got, uh, well, shoot, you. this is a collector item. I don't know if I can get it away lightly. Do you deserve to have something this good? And, you know, I, I'm not sure if I'm writing up at the level of glass backwards. I think I am. Because I think I, when I wrote this, my mind was really, like, I felt I was really on it. Yeah, I just had every memory, everything that I needed to know. I didn't need, I just had it all right there. So I, 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 do, I do verify the state of mind in which I wrote it. Now, it's a, not a long novel, it could have easily been a couple hundred pages, like 155 pages, which is about right for novelizing a film. 
But um, the print, if the print was a little bit bigger, we could have gone 200 pages with it, but we, we didn't. I mean, that's for people like me. You could easily read this. But yeah, the typeset's beautiful. Just the way I like it. You know, that if you want to know the way I like it, it's the same way that we did glass backwards. Well, there's, there's certain language I have. Okay, for example, when you drop down, there's a drop-down paragraph, okay? Then there's a three-star paragraph. That means a big transition. And when you just drop down and have an open space, it means you're, you're, you're jumping to another thought, another paragraph that's not really related to the, the one you just finished. When it's three stars, that means it's a bigger transition. But the best typesetting of all is glass backwards. That, that's, uh, that's the absolute zenith as far as beautiful, a beautiful book. I mean, beautiful, beautiful styling in the book. So what do you say, Trish? We've got, now, I'm going to have glass backwards. I got, my, I got myself uh, 60 copies of the printed version. I guess my publisher died about 10 years ago, and I didn't realize that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, he was a good guy. He used to tell me, because, I mean, we ran into trouble. The glass backwards has no artwork on it. And, and that's because what happened was I got in a fight with a, with a woman that was doing the art, and it was some kind of spiritual fight or some kind of weird fight. So I just said, screw it, threw the art out. I said, Dave, can you do anything with this? And he came up with his own, like, graphic thing. Nope. And um, it's, he... Uh, uh, who was responsible? Was that Dave that typeset it? He did an amazing job. So, yeah, but this typesets every bit as good. I mean, it, it's, it's completely, you know, meets my standard, which is, uh, well, instead of using the three asterisk stars, I like to use hashtags. You know that in the old days, hashtags they used to use on manuscripts? Big right, yeah. Anyway, um, I'm, I mean, that is the drop-down paragraphs. If you're not a writer, never mind. Anyway, uh, bottom line, uh, I've got this one. And uh, to get interest in it, uh, if you get one, let, let, let's see what we could do in terms of getting it out to a couple of people, Trish. Okay. I think I might include a, a glass backwards with it. Signed. No? Right, we got to give those away at the convention. Well, we they're they're signed copies. We have to we have to you know sell them because we you know we were there to make money to, too you know not to rip the public off, but we have to we can't just do everything for free you know just give give away everything we have and then die, right? Or or is that not allowed for us? We shouldn't have ever even come here. Maybe I should never have been born. Uh, but anyway. Um, I'm going to, I've got, let, let's just say, let's give, you know, on the Zeph report. And if you guys get one, you can talk about it, you know, uh, even if it's not out yet. And it's not on Amazon yet. It's not on, in Italy, it, the, the publisher's weird book. If you go look up their website, they're known for just horror, you know, classic horror, okay? And they also have magazines and they, you know, they're, they're publishers out of, out of uh, Rome. And, um, I've got a great story about the way this book came to be published. Because I had sent it, which, I, what are you doing? He's putting the rope on me, 
and then chewing it, and then eventually chewing my, my arm. I mean, this is ridiculous. Molly never was that bad. Okay. Dr. We call him Doc, because he's, he's trying to take care. He knows that I haven't been well, so he's trying to take care of me, but, you know. What's wrong with me is just age. <laughs> age and genes. What's wrong with you? Age and genes. Anyway, um, so on this uh, weird book thing, I mean, you know, which is, like I say, it's a, it's a big horror publisher out of, out of Rome. I believe it's Rome. And uh, the publisher's great. Luigi, fantastic. Very enthusiastic about the book. He and, and Loris, right? And they really felt they wanted to make another movie. He wanted to actually go make another movie off the book, and and so it's it's. Uh, I didn't realize it was that good, but you know that's good that they say that. So here's the thing. Um, well, I'm talking to Larry about it. We were saying that yeah, we, what we should do with the book is go go from here to a graphic novel, maybe of it, and then from there to a series. So that's another possibility. But anyway, bottom line is. I'll do, I'll do, because uh, see, some of the giveaways I've done, they're, you know, they're selling them for, you know, $30 now. Like Lamb. Lamb's one of the best books ever. And we couldn't, you know, we had to self-publish it. But uh, it's out there. It's very, also very, very well published, very good. But some of the copies are selling for a lot of money now. You know, it's it's like I haven't died yet, and they're putting they're pu- they're pumping the price up already of my writings. You know, if you're a collector, I better get your hands on this now while you still can. So, what are we going to do? We're going to give how many away? Okay, ten. You guys got to promise me though that you'll try to keep them, and, and if you can't keep them. If you absolutely need the money, you have my blessing to, to, to sell it for whatever you can sell it for. Uh, ten. There's ten. And, then we have, uh, and you guys that get these, you guys that get these, um, and they'll be signed. So, what you're going to have to do is... Uh, You know, just mention it, or just let 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 Trish know how you like the read. Let people know that you you actually have an early copy, because eventually there'll be a mass public produced paperback that will be, um, you know, like I say, Amazon, Book Universe, all these places, you know, that that you know, Barnes and Noble and all that. So that'll be next. First, there's Italy. Now, the thing about it is, here's the story. And I know you guys like stories, so here's the story. Okay, I when I got done writing it, and I, 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 I flipped over to Trish. Trish is a great proofreader, but she, she, I need you know a lot of help in the proofreading because little things can get by, you know. I mean, like five or six times, five or six people. I mean, I need a lot, a lot, a lot to get every little thing. I'm very much into detail. I want every little thing nailed, and and you know. What I've done in the past is hired a professional proofreader. Well, we don't have that kind of people out there like that, freelance proofers like we used to. 
not easy to find. So I went to Book Book Baby. It's like CD Baby, you know. It's when you want to when you want to release your book or whatever, want to self produce your book or your CD or whatever it is you're writing. You can do it through them and get it out in all the usual places, then promote it yourself. Okay, it says DIY, DIY publishing. So I, I went to Book Baby just for one thing: the proofing service. They charge two hundred seventy-five dollars, and they will proof your book. And I thought, okay, I better go there along with Trish and along with Larry and along with others that are looking at it and trying to correct fine little things. And I just wanted it proofed. I, I didn't ask them to publish it. I didn't ask them to do anything. I just wanted it proofed. I wanted to make sure that, you know, all the I's and T's and everything were done and, you know, fine and pass muster because you, you, you can't go over these things enough. You really can't. And um, they rejected me. No, no. I paid them $275. You have to pay them up front to get the book in the queue. And then they rejected the book and didn't refund my money either. They really spit on me. In fact, would you like to hear the letter? Yes. Would you like to hear the letter, folks? Shoot, do I still have it? I, I might have gotten rid of it because I'm, I'm not like Trish. I'm not a, a pack rat. Uh, let's see, Gmail. <laughs> Where am I? It's funny, you get to have an excuse. Okay, so we'll look for Book Baby. I mean, they, they, they're woke all the way woke. They're, oh. Oh, man. Look at that. A lot of things came up. I mean, they must, they must be. They've got some in spam. No. I don't see it. Oh, I'd love to read this to you. Uh... Hmm. Well, here's some of the things they said. They said, like, here's one way to grab a reader's attention. Sometimes you need to deceive the reader to actually, you know, ready to boost your book's impact? Want to grow your audience? You know, the same old bullshit. Ah. Well, I can't seem to find it. I guess it was like... No, they said it was it was not fit to read, and it was not well written enough to proofread. They said it was so badly written they couldn't proofread it, and they can't have material with that kind of violence and violence against women or whatever it was in their office. Yet they have every once in a while they'll release a slasher book with a guy slashing up women, and that seems fine, but not me. Well. Uh, where would they go? Book Baby? No. Oh, I sent it. Well, I sent it to somebody. I'm going to back up and tell you. I'm going to tell you the story again. I'm going to tell you the story again. Um, 
No, okay, okay. All right. So they're not going to give me... Uh... Let's see, what is it called, girl, next? No. Um, proof. Let's see. Oh, I think I may have found it. Okay, Weird Book. No, Weird Book is the new... Weird Book is the publisher. We're published in Italy, and also they uh, they bundle the book with the with a brand new, newly mastered DVD, which sounds amazing. I should be more involved with the mixes. I ran out of energy. See, that's when I started getting having problems with with energy, and you know, and I, I started having to back out of some work. But really, I should be on the mix because otherwise, it's ah oh boy. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, you guys are funny. Well, all the people that helped me with it, I see, you know, Larry and there was Pia Francesca was in there and Trish and uh, Loris was in there and, you know, various people are helping me with the book. I, I can't find Anyway, they kicked me out, okay? And I, I wish I'd saved the letter now. I'm sorry. I don't know people. I'm an idiot. Sorry. But um, no, really, because even if I want my money back, I'd have to show them the letter, right? Maybe there's a copy of it because I sent the letter around to, to others. Anyway, they kicked me out. No refund. No, no, don't let the screen door hit you. I mean, they really, really, really were violent. You know, it was just, it was just like this cancel culture thing. So um, our our Italian producer heard about it, and he got mad. He got mad. So he took it to his, you know, his people he knows, and I believe he's published a book through them. Maybe he has. I, I actually don't hold me that. I don't know what publisher it was. But he took it to the, you know, publisher that he knows, and they immediately wanted it. They wanted it. They they begged for it. They they loved it. They wanted it, and then when they read it, they liked it even more. Then, so I thought, wow, that's great to be in business with them. I mean, this is this is a change from the way I've been treated in this country. I've been treated horribly. I was kicked in the balls by by a company that you pay just for proofreading. I got kicked out. I mean, Rodney Dangerfield doesn't even have any lack of respect stories like that one. You know, and and. Uh, and then Weird Book picked it up, and they went they went nuts over it. And then we bundled it with a DVD. We got creative, and so in Italy, you're going to get the book in Italian, and you're going to get the DVD with Italian subtitles, and the great mix that we have. And you're going to be able to to have read, read the book. And I'm, I, like I say, if you read the book and see the movie, you're going to go want to see the movie again right after you read the book, even if you've just seen the movie. Because it's going to fill in a lot for you. And then you're going to say, hey, I hope you guys do keep going with like, you know, I'd love to see the book done. And we are on, on all fronts, you know, Lorian. We are, we are, you know, working up something now called the Chronicles of Lorian West, which is um, Lorian kind of as a, uh, as a military asset is what she really is. And, yeah, but is she completely human? And who is she really? That, that's, the book will, will delve into that more. And um, so if you have both, 
wouldn't, shouldn't we say that people that have the and if you got it, oh, I don't have the new DVDs. Sorry, I can't. I can't give. I can't do anything with those. Um, you know, we, we those we have to sell it. Uh, you know, we they're available to the fans that that uh, want to buy them. There's quite a few I understand that want the the uh, you know the the new the, the Crazed House DVD. And our company is Crazed House. Crazed House produced DVD is far superior to the one that Gravitas put out there. And Gravitas is a I don't know what to say because they. I do get checks from them. You know, we do get money from them for distribution. But uh, so we're grateful for that and for the organization uh, and the accounting. But they just it. Same thing happened there. They took us off their website. They took us off their their platform. They took us off Facebook. They took us off everything. They just went total cancel culture on us. You know, and I'm like, but we have a contract with you. <laughs> and then and, and then, then look at it, it, the Italians the opposite the, and the Germans have already put out four collector item DVDs on Girl Next because they feel it's a collectible don't you find that strange is that the profit thing a profit in his own country can't do shit but put him in another country and he can do miracles a profit in his own country can do no miracles Society didn't make it here. Well, we got, oh my God, you should have seen the uh, the variety review of Society when I saw it. I remember I was in Sherman Oaks down at the newsstand at Van Nuys and Ventura. Remember that? Guys who live out there? Okay, well, I was down there and I picked up a variety thinking, oh, there's a review of how Society went in Cannes. We had screened it in Cannes for the film, not competition, but we were in the film market there. That There's, there's a big market that goes on during the festival. And um, and so the L.A. Times, or rather the uh, Variety, reviewed it. And they gave us the most scathing review, so bad. It was, such, it was such a bad review that it blocked our distribution here. Believe it or not. These people are, they mean business, man. They've been blocking me and stopping me and making me sick and hurting me and Messing with me from just about from day one outside the womb. They didn't make sure they did not want me here. And I I don't know what the hell I do. I think my my sin is I I have this ability to 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 say true things. You know to get at something that that people don't want to get at. And um, they like to believe this world is. Is, is is a much lovelier world than the one I paint, and but I'm try to be accurate, you know. And anyway, I I can't explain it. It's just it's a God thing, you know what I mean? It's not me. It's a God thing. Uh, but but see, God makes a way where there is no way. So if we have to go to Italy or Germany, in England, High Flyers has it, so they're going to be putting out the DVD of Girl Next and uh, not Girl Next, but also uh, Quantum Devil. I've, I've got it mixed up, Quantum Devil. Quantum Devil will be premiering. It's our film um, that uh, also has Robert England in it. You know, as a voiceover, and he did the. You know, you remember Freddie, and he did the voiceover in the end of the uh, Demon Barada, who's this big Cthulhu type monster that's kind of based on H.P. Lovecraft stories. And um, 
Yeah, I said producer Mike's going to be there because he was it was his original screenplay that we kind of went from, and then uh, it says going to premiere on Saturday, uh, the twenty I believe the twenty seventh Saturday at eight o'clock in the main ballroom that they have movies in with a Q and A afterwards. I don't even know if I'll, if I'll last through the Q and A. I'm going to try, but. Um, that's a long day because that's working all day and, and, you know, meet and greet and signing books and things and then then the screening and then the Q&A. And I don't know. It's a, long, it's a long day. It's a long, really long day. But out of many films, you know, I, I don't know how many, but um, quite a few, we were selected to be the, uh, the, uh, in the, primo, the premier spot, which is 8 o'clock Saturday night. I said, what, really? And at first they were going to put us on Friday, but then they moved it to, to, the, to the unbelievable position. I said, that's great. And one of the guys, one of the judges there, uh, said he really liked our movie. He liked it more than anything else. So he, he said he's, he's, uh, he went with it. And we're so grateful he did, because that means the movie will have a screening, will be hopefully like when we screened Girl Next last year. Uh, they were standing room only. And overwhelming applause. And Julian Sands, who the late, I should say the late Julian Sands now, uh, he introduced the movie. And he talked about it being subversive and all kinds of things. He's very eloquent and very nice. He, he just really, he watched that in Quantum Devil. He watched both of them, but he really liked Girl Next. He was a Girl Next. He's the kind of guy that I could identify. And so he's like an intellectual. So he's, He's going to maybe tend to go more toward Girl Next. The other one, Quantum Devil, is more um, traditional horror, whereas, you know, Girl Next is more avant-garde, I would say. And, uh, you know, Girl Next is a... Uh, everybody tells me it's very rebellious. They, they tell me, how did you get this thing produced? And having had it produced, how did you get it distributed? And, uh, well, we kind... When I say distributed... We sold it to uh, Gravitas, but then after you know a short period of time, they they banned us from their site. So we got it distributed, sort of, and then suddenly it was like, oh no, it's politically incorrect. You know, cancel it. But it keeps going. They keep sending us checks. So I'm as long as they're doing that, I'm happy. But yeah, it could have been a lot bigger. It could have been a lot more. But um, you know, them's the breaks. I guess the. Uh, the good news is, you know, people, they're just, they don't want to be associated with us, some of them, because they're worried about their own careers. You know, but Julian wasn't. He's, a, he's an actor. He loves to work, and he wants to work. He was going to play the main part of Cerno in uh, Quantum Devil, but then he had another gig in, in China somewhere or whatever, and it went to his buddy Neil Dixon, who did a fine job, excellent job. And uh, he wanted to come back. I said, no, we already made a deal with Neil, so you're not coming back. Sorry. And even though that didn't go the way he wanted, he still introduced uh, Girl Next and went on about it. I, I, I have the, uh, the... We never released the video. I always felt weird about it because he, cause he, he, uh, he disappeared on Mount Baldy. He went hiking during a snowstorm in California, and he's an expert hiker, but, I mean, terrible conditions. And he went hiking up Mount Baldy, which is the highest mountain there. And um, he, um, 
he never made it back and they never found the body. Very gruesome, awful. His buddy Neil Dixon was going to go up there with him. And, but then he canceled me, I think because of the weather. He couldn't make it. Something happened. So, so um, Julian Sands went alone. And he, you know, uh, he had a, some kind of cell phone communication with his kids. That went on. And then, you know, he disappeared. And some people think maybe he fell into some place where he couldn't get out of or something happened. And... We we actually had uh, another um, project written up for him, and uh, for him and uh, I guess he's really good friends with um, John Malkovich. So it'd be with him and Malkovich would be the stars. And then uh, he, um, guys, it's just terrible what happened. I, I, you know, so I don't put up footage of him. I have the footage of him calling the you know introducing girl next and giving. Uh, Larry, some amazing compliments on his directing. Um, but I don't put it up because it's weird. You know what I mean, Trish? I, I, I should put that up there, but I feel it's disrespectful. What do you think? No, it's not disrespectful. It, I just feel weird about it, or I put that footage up there. It's still on my cell phone. Uh, well, we'll see. Anyway, so how do we want to do this? We want to do five copies, ten copies? What do we want to do? Ten. You want to do ten right now? So far, no, no takers. No one wants the book? I guess not. I'll check. Okay. That. Well, if you don't want a free book, I mean, that's kind of an insult, don't you think? Yeah. I mean, I wrote my heart out. I used all my talents. Is it just like I'm in the wrong world? <laughs> Well, if you're interested, I'll tell you what. You know, the first 10 people that write Trish at PBK Daniel, P, Paul, B, Boy. You don't want them to write you there? Well, how would they, how would they communicate that they want it? They can let me know in the chat. Okay, so if you want the book, you can come into the chat room at Spreaker anytime during night, whether we're live or not. And make a make a uh, request. a request. I understand some are paranoid to put their, their address down and things like that, but I don't know. By this time, if if you're not followed or you know, if they don't, if they, I'm sure they already know who you are anyway. But there's nothing wrong with this. But this book is not a you know a social pariah. It's not like it's illegal to have this book, is it? Um, and like I say, Tony, you want to read the forward too by Tony Timpone, who's like, well, he is the master of horror. He's the guy that's on that show that talks about horror and all that stuff. And he's a famous guy and he's, uh, he's been very kind to me to, he's really understood my, my particular contribution to this horror world. And he's understood me as a writer, which I really appreciate. But anyway, it's there, um, 10 copies, and uh, so if you want it, just make your... We've got one. Okay, we've got one. The usual suspects, I imagine. Well, whatever you get from me, you know, remember, this will be a signed copy. 
It's and it's directly from the author. And there'll be a little note in there, you know, of uh, appreciation. And I, I hope you do read it just because it's a short read. It's a one-day read, you know. It's 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 a one more. You know, you could have it done by in the morning. Start reading in the morning, two, two three-hour read, you know what I mean? It's like half of a big novel. And um, you'll be interested to note that all the... Uh, Mind control stuff I had in there, all the um, you know use of uh, voltage and things like that, I had uh, researched thoroughly, and I had to put it in my own words, of course. But I mean, I had to shorthand it. I couldn't write a scientific treatise on it, but I could, you know, give you the you know how many volts a person can take and what it means, and then coupling that with like DMT and other hallucinogens to try to you know get control of personality, and then make that person do what you want them to do. I you might drink candidate that I had done a lot of research on that. All right. In, uh, in the name of Jesus. Funny how they hate that name, isn't it? They hate the name Jesus. They really do. I'll see you next time. <laughs> no, I'm, I am going to be coming up with new music very soon. I just have to, it's been a step-by-step -step process of redoing the studio. And, uh, so we're just trying to find something. Okay, I don't have the main things here, so. Uh, okay, here's a little rip-off of Phil Collins in the air tonight. It was a little dub track we did. And uh, just for, you know, just for giggles.
Yeah.